Our next speaker is Ashley, and I'm so excited for you to hear uh, how the Lord has worked in her life. Um, and one of the things that she shares about is how she used to really wonder, you know, do I matter? Does what I do matter? Um, does anyone even notice me? <laughs> Am I, you know, no one even sees me. Um, and she used to have questions of doubt about that. And one of the things that shifted everything for her was when a pastor that she was around spoke life into her and, you know, basically said, you matter, you know, I see you and what you do matters. Um, and just through her interactions um, with him and just um, hearing that, hearing those words of life being spoken into her, those words of truth, that changed everything for her. And um, so I just am so excited for her to share more about her story with you and then also share um, just how the Lord has led her, um, not just in successes, uh, but also in struggles and how he has been so faithful to walk with her through struggles. Um, you know, even in things uh, where other people um, might look at from the outside and say, man, you know, I don't know if the Lord can use you if, if that's something you struggle with, but how that's not the Lord's heart at all. He redeems people. He redeems us. And even in our struggles, he um, leads and guides us and wants to free us from those things. Um, and so I'm so excited for you to hear Ashley and for her to share her story with you. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm really excited to uh, get to know you and hear more about you. But first of all, could you give us kind of a 30 second intro to who you are and what you do? Yes. <laughs> uh, so my name is Ashley and I hail from Ottawa, Canada. And I run a brand called The Imperfect Boss. And sort of our mission is we want to make imperfect normal and inspire women to grow their confidence. And that's what I do. Awesome. Thank you. Um, now, uh, this is kind of a general question and you can start where you want to. Um, but I would like to hear more about your story, your background, um, and it could, you know, lead up to how did you get to where you are today? Uh, but would you mm -hmm. mind sharing some of your story with us? Totally. Um, so what to start with? So I, um, I grew up like very shy and very scared. Like I was just, I just had so much fear. I remember being shy to the point that I had a conversation with one of my sister's friends and I said, listen, I don't know how to have a conversation. So like, tell me like, how do you do it? Because when I try and talk to someone, like my mind like just goes blank. Um, so very, um, very shy and not out of um not out of a place of temper like temperament but almost out of a place of fear and so because that was most of my childhood and i dealt with a lot of anxiety and even trauma um i just kind of stayed in that place of fear and and really this belief like i don't matter um really stayed in that and I think the shyness in some ways only cemented that because it's like when you're shy it can be easy to be seen as not seen like you're kind of 
invisible and you start to wonder like does my presence even matter here like does my life make any sort of difference and um I ended up having like I would what I call one of my biggest life defining moments when I was 14 and I actually joined a church and uh and I had begun like a real relationship with God in that period of my life and I had this experience where one of the the leaders at that that church had come up to me and and basically he looked at me and he noticed me and he saw things inside of me that were good and told me about them and the message that I was able to really receive in that moment was you matter like you matter so much that I see you you matter so much that um that not only like you matter but you matter to other people and you can make a difference on in their life and i it was so like revolutionary for me that i started to almost turn it into without like even knowing it like turn it into like an experiment like let's just see if he's right <laughs> and so it just like unlocked something in me and i became so motivated to get out there and make a difference and use my gifts and really like discover what those are and do that and so I started doing like some speaking and activism um and community building stuff and um got to have a much different experience than what I had originally believed about myself and I started to have an experience of like talking to someone and seeing seeing the look on their face change or like seeing them tear up like when you start to have that experience, you're like, maybe I do matter. <laughs> like, maybe I do have something to give. And and I feel like that just like let a fire in me to like keep going. And, and that has become a huge part of my story. And it's a huge part of the message that I feel called to carry. I feel so called to remind people just how much they matter. And I believe true confidence is cultivated out of that belief that you matter. Um, that all of you matters, not just the perfect parts, not just beautiful parts. Um, and so that kind of like, kind of just led into a lot of, into me like jumping into a bunch of different work and did a lot of activism, went and got an undergrad degree in human rights. Um, really thought I would have a career in activism and then working in developing countries. And then uh, life took a turn and I was like, I'm gonna do this online. And I just became so passionate about, um the message of empowering women and really giving them a space to be themselves to be vulnerable to create places where they can belong and um, and really feel seen up close so you can see like how that's all rooted back to my original experience yeah that's that's awesome how the lord used that initial but then confirmed it you know multiple times with experiences like hey yeah you know <laughs> now you know you matter but here let me give you practical examples of how you matter and here look here's conversations with people where you can see oh yeah you know like what nice. i'm saying actually matters and is doesn't just matter as intrinsic value but it it impacts other people i love that that's beautiful yeah absolutely exactly uh, yeah. So with that, um, when did you, so you said then you thought you were going to be doing something in other countries potentially, but then you 
uh, jumped into the online space. I'd like to hear how that came about, how um, yeah. just the story of that. Mm -hmm. um, how did it happen? Well, <laughs> I, uh, so I'm in like university. I actually worked in politics for a little bit. Um, I did travel and volunteer overseas multiple times, um, which it was all very impactful for me. But I, um, I realized like part of it honestly was like a lifestyle thing of like, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> um struggled a lot with like I struggled a lot in my in the last trip I ever did actually in 2013 with anxiety and actually ended up coming home early because I really needed help and dealing with some of the pain of my past and ultimately it's kind of crazy because ultimately I started experimenting with online community building through and I was actually, so in my personal life, I started struggling with an addiction, which I've been very public about, uh, an online sex addiction. Mm -hmm. And it was very hard for me at the time because on many levels, but one unique way it was hard for me was like, I had grown up and I had in, in through my experiences in church, I really believed like I was made for great things and like all these words, of purpose and like this is what I'm called to do with my life and really even had at that point had felt like I would be a ministry and like I would always have that kind of stuff and but then when you start to to struggle with something like a sex addiction like that can really play with it and I uh I really felt benched like I felt like every I've ruined everything like my purpose is gone and and so I and because I had really felt like I would do things in the church, I thought this is impossible now because like I'm struggling with this and no one would ever, like who's ever going to hand me a mic now? So I um, I was like, I'm taking this to the internet. That was basically what happened. And and I was like, how can I use my gifts of like communicating and um, community like online and, and really found that that's such a sweet spot for me. It's definitely like a zone of genius. And so started experimenting with it and um, have, so even before the Imperfect Loss, I had two other communities I had play around with and done. Um, and that's kind of how that, that transition happened or kind of how that started. Yeah, yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you feel like the Lord has used you in the online community with, you know, just using those gifts that he's given you, uh, practically yeah. speaking? Yeah. Okay, well, one thing I'm really passionate about is hearing God's voice for other people. I would say that that's like the biggest way that I've seen God use me online and in people's lives. Um, and even in, cause I ran an in-person event um, last year and there was lots of jokes. I get, there's always so many jokes about like, if I'm like a psychic or like if I'm something like that, you know? And, but I'm just so passionate about like, calling out the greatness in people, but really hearing from God to do that and, and really delivering it in a way that's just so normal <laughs> and so casual and, um, and not even, and not in like a, thus saith the Lord, but like in a way of like, this is what's inside of you and you need to know about it. And, um, I had this crazy, crazy situation happen when we did the camp where 
I was like, I don't even know what's happening right now. But I was at, I brought my team like into um, my cottage and I was like, I had bought them all these necklaces, like key necklaces. And I had picked words out for each of them. And originally I was just going to give them to them and whatever. But then I decided like, I'm going to hand them the key and I'm basically going to speak into them as I hand them the key. And like, I've honestly never experienced anything like this where I'm, I started to do it and it was like, people were like becoming so emotional. And to the point that like, when we started going through it to the middle, like I would, I would start walking towards someone and I wouldn't even say anything yet. And they would like burst into tears. And honestly, I was like, am I in church? Like what's happening right now? And uh, just being able to like create that type of atmosphere where, and where like God can be, but it's not like, it's not church, but God's just there. And, um, and just having the gift of getting a, a moment to really be able to speak into someone's life that was a be- one, of, a, one of the most beautiful ones I've seen up close because I mean on the internet you don't really know like how people are responding to you like you're putting stuff out there but um you don't know so that was pretty cool one for me yeah yeah well and that's I love that I mean that just makes me think of you know we are the body of Christ and mm-hmm. so <laughs> that's what the church is yes you go meet with other believers but you are the body of Christ wherever you are and so if yeah. you are leaning on the Lord and asking him to guide you and, you know, seeking to show his love to other people. Well, he can do that in whatever way he sees fit through you. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and, and sometimes it takes stepping out in faith. Like you don't, you know, you didn't know what you were going to say to each person when you started, probably, you know, you probably, you didn't have it planned out, but it was just something where it's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to tell these people who they are and who, how the Lord sees them. And then he gives you the words as you go. That's awesome. Yeah. Encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, was there ever a time where you felt, um, and this, this might go back to something you touched on earlier, but where you felt unworthy or unqualified uh, to do the things you're doing and um, to pour into other people? No. <laughs> uh, no, I've never felt that way. But I know that for, I've definitely like seen it in other people where sometimes when people struggle with things, I don't feel worthy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never really... I've never felt that way. <laughs> that's awesome. No, but to me, that's kind of like, that was an initial struggle. It sounds like you had. Yeah. And then at age 14, then it was yeah. like, God took care of that question. So it's like, okay, I trust you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Definitely so, as a kid, I would say that that was more. But since like, even struggling with the addiction, like that wasn't, there was never a thought to me of like, I'm not worth this, but I do know that, um, which was an interesting thing for me. And I think some people can resonate with this is like, I did start to use my work. Um, because in the addiction, you do feel like, oh my gosh, like that question does start to come up again. Like, do I matter? Um, do I still have something to give? Do I, am I still making a difference on there? And I kind of used my work to answer that question, to prove, it was, it was unhealthy at first because it was like, I'll use my work to prove 
that I still matter. So I'll use my work to prove that I'm important or that I still have something good in here. And addiction can be so destructive. It like just tears you apart from the inside out. And so it was a way for me to be, it was honestly a way for me to hold on to hope. Like this is not all that I am. Yeah. Like I'm so much more than this. And, and so I really, the only unhealthy part of that for me was like started to kind of develop this cycle of like, of like acting out and then like working hard and then acting out and then working hard and, and just developed an unhealthy relationship with work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Would you mind sharing uh, some about, um, so I know like some things have transformed for you over the past year, year with mm-hmm. your addiction. Would you mind sharing uh, how that came about and just the story yeah. of that? I'd love to. So I started struggling with, an online sex addiction in 2011, December 2011. And I really believed when I, like from the minute I started struggling, I knew it. I, w- I definitely wasn't someone who was like in denial about it or like hiding it under the rug. I told people like the very next day, I was like, there's a problem here and I need help. And I, it took me so long to get the help I needed. Um, and that's why I feel so passionate now about like um making sure that like there are good resources out there for people because when you you say it took you a while to get the help that you needed I mean it sounds like you were actively looking for help from the beginning was it just you couldn't find the help you needed yeah or it's like people weren't I was like getting help but it it wasn't the right help or I people weren't equipped to help me in that specific area Mm -hmm. So, for example, like, I was seeing different therapists, but they weren't equipped to deal with addiction. Um, Or, like, even just have the expertise on, like, how does addiction start and um, what's really going on under the surface and and those types of things. I just find, specifically for women at large, like, in the area of sex addiction, it's a pretty small pool of information out there. Um, And so... So I was doing everything I could. Like I was telling pastors, I was telling therapists. I, I even called, I remember once I called like, um, like, a, like one of those phone lines mm-hmm. and they were like not equipped at all. Not really. None of those people have helped me. And I think in some ways that's hard for me to look back on that and know like I was doing everything I could, but I couldn't get the help I needed. Um, but at the same time, I know that it all came together for good in the end. Um, so what really turned things around for me was I actually found a Christian sex addiction therapist who lives here. And when I started my addiction, they didn't even exist yet, this clinic. Um, so in some ways, I'm, it just, that, that whole experience too made me think like, this is why we need people to walk in their callings. <laughs> yes. It, it saved my life in a way. Yeah, I, I got goosebumps when you said that that they weren't even in it when you first mm. got into the addiction because it's like, uh, I mean, I just think the Lord has gifted people so many different ways, and you know, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know how He's gifted everyone, but yeah. there are people who the Lord has gifted and equipped who other people are in a situation right now where they need their help, and the Lord's like you know, once, Hey, I want to use this person to help you. Um, yes. Like you said, the importance of stepping into your calling, your gift, you know, whatever Mm. the Lord has equipped you for. Um, yeah, just 
obeying his voice, the importance of that. Yeah, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. So I ended up going to see him and like I had a call with him before I even met him and he was like, I think this is what's happening. And no therapist had ever been able to tell me that. So then I was like, oh, this is good. So then I uh, ended up going to see him for a little bit and uh, he got me connected with a bunch of different things that I started doing. So I was seeing him, but then I also did group therapy for female sex addicts and then um, just got plugged into like a lot of the resources that I needed, um, which I hadn't been able to in the past. And really began the, that journey of truly facing the trauma that um, was leading to the addiction. I would say under addiction, every time under addiction is some type of trauma. Um, and it's a way to cope with what you've been through. And especially when you can't face the pain of it. And so uh, really, and I'm still in that journey, but really began that journey and of, um, of facing the hard stuff. And, and then also learning like a lot of things that I didn't have in my life, like learning. A big one for me was learning how to actually take care of myself um, on a daily basis and like, like simple things like brushing, your, brushing my teeth every day and <laughs> like washing my face and just say, Things I was in a very, even after like I got saved and even after all of that, I still severely struggled with self-neglect. Um, did not know how to practically take care of myself. And so, um, and part of it honestly was not even not knowing how, but it was just like, I don't, I don't want to because I don't think I'm deserving of that kind of love. Um, and so that was also like, that's been hugely transforming for me. And I think that's an important piece of that because some of it's like getting the support you need. And then part of it is showing up for yourself and showing up for yourself every single day. So you said the guy you ended up seeing was in your same area. Yeah. My city. Um, yeah. That's amazing how the Lord that worked out, worked that out too. Just like, okay, here, <laughs> not only, you know, you don't have to talk to someone over the internet, but here, here's someone. Yes. In areas. Yeah. Um, with that, would you mind sharing some about, I mean, you touched on this before, but the importance, you talked about group therapy, but the importance of community um, mm -hmm. and, you know, pouring into other people, you know, back and forth <laughs> yes. and how that's been important in your life. Yeah. Well, actually when I was like, I'm taking my recovery seriously, which was after I had that initial meeting with him, I met, I kind of like, no one said this to me, but I kept myself to this, to a few commitments. And my commitments were like individual therapy, like group therapy and going back to church. Um, because my relationship, the addiction really changed my relationship with church. It was very, I mean, I was in so much shame for one and it's hard to show up in community when you're living under shame, mm -hmm. but also it's hard with church. Um, like the topic of sex, it's hard with church and addiction. And so, um, and even people like they don't know what to say or maybe they say the wrong thing. So I had a really, really damaged relationship and I was like, but I knew I needed to go back. I had kept having dreams of going back. Like I, I knew that God was calling me to go back to church. And I knew it was important for me as well because um, I knew that I needed to have an experience around like being around men again in a healthy way um, where they weren't going to hurt me or anything. And I knew I could be okay. 
And that was honestly part of why I decided to go back. Not even just like, I wasn't even like, I should go back because I think God's calling me. It was like, I should go back because then I can like practice being around men. And because of my work, like I'm, I deal with women like 97% of the time. Um, and that could become really unhealthy. Like my fear could only grow like towards men. And so started doing that. Um, but through that, like really found community and I had an experience, a true experience community in that, um, group therapy. So that was already working its way. And then, and then also just through going to church. And I think for me, the most important thing for me in both those situations was because I do so much online, because like, there's lots of people who know me online to have an experience where like I actually get to be known up close. I really needed that because I had developed because of social media had developed this belief that I I'm loved from afar, but I'm rejected up close and I needed, I needed to give myself another experience again. Like I said in the beginning of like, of noticing and experiencing I'm loved up close like when people see me and we're standing face to face they love me they don't reject me and uh that was really important for me and then I think just out of out of the overflow of that then you then just kind of getting that experience of like being able to receive that love but then also being able to give it and just become more confident it's easy to become more confident when you're in community yeah yeah that's awesome. Thank you. Thanks for sharing all of that too. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, so going to step back a little bit. Yeah. Uh, in talking about strength and um, how we, you know, we're created for strength. Um, what is your definition of strength? Uh, how has that definition maybe changed over the years? Um, to what it is now. Uh, I think a lot of times people have misconceptions of what they think you need to be to be strong. So I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Well, it's funny because when I was young, I, I really like, I was telling someone this the other day, like, I really wanted to appear strong. So I rejected a lot of things to deal with like femininity because that's not strong. That's weak. Like it's basically it's weak to be a woman. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's been funny, like being in recovery, like the things that have happened, like I've developed such a love for the color pink and I feel like I've always loved pink, but I probably just wasn't willing to accept it back then to the point that I have a pink couch. It's so deep. This, this love runs. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think honestly before like strength I really saw strength rooted in like um strength of being t- like strength is being tough and resilient and strength is often in isolation because if you let people get too close you won't be able to stay strong um and strength is very very much like this driven like just move forward just make it happen um thing which can is can be a a gift and honestly I feel like that definition of strength helped me get through a lot of things that happened to me when I was younger um but since on the other side of life (laughs) I feel now so strong that strength is vulnerability and strength is being truly connected with God with oneself and with other people um, that's where I feel if I could, if I could define strength, the one thing I would say is that 
strength is having genuine connection with God want yourself and others. And, and I don't think you can be strong with if you don't have that. And if you don't have all three mm-hmm. that you need to have all three. And I've, it's been hard for me sometimes because I see people focus on one. I've saw, I've seen so many people focus on like connection with God and neglect connection with their own hearts and connection with others and see like how unhealthy that can become and uh and just how much like we need one another and isolation won't heal anyone um it'll only make the other voices louder so that's how i would find strength yeah yeah i mean connection with god is great but out of that out of that love flows love for other people yeah Um, and we can't i mean we can't be the hands and feet of christ we can't walk in love with other people if we're just isolating ourselves from them. But I also, I love how you bring out too, but it's also our relationship with ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, if we don't see ourselves as God sees us, um, you know, if we're believing lies about ourselves or um, avoiding <laughs> thinking about things um, with ourselves and that, yeah, uh, it's, I like, I like that. It's health in all three areas. Yes. But yeah. it ties back to vulnerability, you know, it's something yeah. that <laughs> you have to be open and honest with yourself, with the Lord, with others, um, you know, all three. So, yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, so I was thinking about the phrase, you know, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just the con such a contrast from what you used to think strength was. And yeah. even that, you know, was a coping mechanism of making it through surviving and where you are today. Um, how have you seen that verse play out in your life? Just one specific example. Yeah. Um, I think what, this is a weird example, but I think that because um, I, I used to have this thing with like taking care of myself where it's like, I was I was never good at it, but over time, like especially this year, I've developed this cue of like when I don't want to take care of myself the most, that's when I need it the most. And if I don't want to do it, then I better get up and do it. <laughs> uh, and it like, goes back to that thing. Lots of people say like uh, we always don't want to do the things we really need to do. Mm-hmm. It's like that resistance just so strong. So um, what I love about that example though is like. You know, I'm having a bad day. I'm feeling weak. But by allowing myself the vulnerability of like, I'm not okay. I know I'm not okay. That's why I need to do these things to take care of myself. I can create strength in weakness by getting up and caring for myself. And I think that I just feel like God's so in that. Like, sometimes it's just like, sometimes it's like he wants to like, lay down with you and tell you something but sometimes it's like he's like get up and brush your hair (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah words okay (laughs) I know you don't want to do this this isn't how you feel this isn't what you know you prefer right now or what your emotions would tell you to do but this is what I want you to do yeah exactly yeah Thank you. Um, And then another thing, what do you think, just from your perspective, I know you work with lots and lots of women. um, What do you think is a common lie that comes up that um, people tell themselves 
uh, that they're they're believing that something um, that is a common lie. You yeah. Well, I <laughs> I think the one I deal with the most because of the nature of my work um, is that women feel like they can't start something till they're perfect, or that they can't be confident till they're perfect. I see this come up in general, like not, even just outside business, so much with body image and people think like oh i'll be confident if i lose like 20 pounds mm -hmm. like i'll wear i'll wear a bathing suit i'll be confident in a bathing suit when i lose 20 pounds and then they lose 20 pounds and they're somewhat confident mm -hmm. um and i i have this joke i tell where it's like if you are waiting to do something till you're perfect i hope you brought good snacks because you're going to be waiting a long time <laughs> um and dismantling that lie. And I think that part of that lie is accentuated through social media because we see so much perfection and so much like it's going perfect for everyone else. And so then we, we're waiting for that to happen to us and then we can get started. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about normalizing imperfection because it's like, we're not seeing the whole side. And so we're all experiencing imperfection, whether we're just starting out, we're 10 years in, we're rich, we're poor, whatever. And so, and if that's the truth, if imperfect is truly normal, then why are you waiting around? <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I mean, cause you see that in every single area, you know, yeah. whether that's uh, starting a family, whether that's starting a business, whether that's just what you're going to wear that day um, yeah. or going up and talking to someone, you know, inviting people to your house. If, you know, if you're holding yourself up to the standard of perfection and waiting till you have it all together before you take action or waiting till you have it all figured out and you know all the steps before you take action, then you never start. Um, and that, man, that totally ties with um, needing to rely on the Lord's strength too, where, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, well, when we are weak, that's, that's, <laughs> we're always weak, you know? And yeah. so relying on the Lord's strength and if he's, telling me to do this next step. Well, even if I don't know the second step, he's telling me to do this. So this is what I do. And he'll show the way he'll show me what to do after that. Yeah. I feel like it also ties into the point of like, with that, with that therapist, like him showing up. Um, because it's like, if you wait around, like how many lives are still like struggling or like, working through something and if you would just show up in perfect you could actually help them yeah yeah that's awesome um what do you feel is something that the lord's been teaching you recently um something that he's leading you along or teaching you you know the past couple weeks yeah so well my my thing lately has been a lot about um really like tending to the inner child um, and really allowing like the Lord to bring that to the surface and heal um, that part of me. And um, it's just so funny because when I talk about inner child, like I feel like it's was such a huge phenomenon in psychology in like the eighties. And um, so there's like not a ton out there uh, even now about it, but, um, but then I, it's like, now that I, now that I'm like so aware of it, it's like I can see it. And others, like you can tell sometimes, like when someone's responding out of like an argument, for example, when someone's responding like 
out of a place of like a wounded child or out of a place of like or a mature adult um and just even like taking the time to notice those tendencies in myself and and bringing those things to him and uh, letting him heal those parts of me letting him be like the parents that maybe I feel like I didn't get to have um and I, that's been yeah that's been a huge 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 thing for me uh lately What's something that the Lord's uh, put on your heart recently to share with others? Yeah. Um, I think one of the big things recently has been around compassion. Um, I feel like we cannot even begin to grasp how compassionate he is. I really have the same lately with kind eyes. I don't know. I feel when someone has kind eyes, I like, I just like flip out inside. I'm like so excited. <laughs> uh, I feel like God, the father has the kindest eyes and he's so full of compassion. And I, um, I feel like we missed the boat on that. We miss, we skip over that attribute of who he is sometimes. Mm-hmm. That slow, that almost like that slow gentleness impatience um that really can minister to all of that we are and i and kind of bringing that and allowing me to receive allowing so we can receive that from him but also so we can take that on and show that same compassion to ourselves Um, and so much around like compassion can heal which shane never could Mm -hmm. And I just, through like family stuff and friends and stuff, just see how much people try and use shame to change their habits. Um, And they're still struggling because, and I know because I've been there and it's never going to work. And so I'm all into this thing about compassion right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I just, the verse came to mind where, you know, the kindness of the Lord brings men to repentance. It's not the shame it's not the what are you doing who are you you know um i just think of you know the lord jesus when he was spending time with people and he was god in the flesh he wasn't what are you guys doing you're a bunch of idiots you know he was kind and he was compassionate um and he i mean people were drawn to him because of that not that people always you know believed everything he said but they were drawn to him he had crowds and crowds and crowds of people around him because of that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. And that's, that's how the Lord sees us. And mm-hmm. so until we see ourselves as the Lord sees us, then, you know, <laughs> then we're going to be stuck with that or until we're showing other people and seeing other people, how the Lord sees us. Yeah. Uh, the same thing. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for this interview. I really appreciate getting to know you a little more. Um, and how can people follow you find out more about you uh you know if someone wants to reach out how can they do that i'd say the best place is on instagram of course <laughs> at imperfect bosses or at ashley.boden okay i'm there i'd love to meet you all right awesome thank you so much i appreciate you taking the time to do this um yeah thanks so much ashley
as you were listening to this podcast, you felt like the Lord brought something to mind that he wants you to do. If that sounds like you, then I have something for you. We have a monthly paid community specifically for women who feel called to more. My goal is to encourage you, to strengthen you, to build you up as you seek to obey whatever the Lord is calling you to do. Whether that is to write a book, to start a business or go in a new direction with your current business, to start a podcast or a YouTube channel, or to help a specific group of people that the Lord has put on your heart. Or maybe you feel called to more, but you're not quite sure what that would look like yet. Whatever he is calling you to do, I want to walk with you through that process. As you seek to do it not just for him in your own strength and wisdom, but to do it with him, following his lead and relying on him every step of the way. For more details, go to createdforstrength.com slash community. And right now, you'll also get a Created for Strength t-shirt with your first month's membership. Woohoo, a t-shirt! Now, I know that if the Lord is calling you to more, then this group will be helpful to you in knowing how to walk this thing out with him and in his strength. So go to createdforstrength.com community to get the t-shirt and to check out the community.